What's up, guys? Welcome to episode five of the Rock Zone. Uh, this week we're getting into uh, injury, re- journeys to recovery. A lot of you have asked for it out there, and so we thought there's no better person to take center stage in this one and talk about his very bad knee than Tom Praviti, mate. How are you doing, bud? Hello, hello. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I am on my way. Well, I've just got back from Norfolk. Nice long weekend with my family, and um, yeah, looking forward to chatting about injuries which i have become a reluctant expert in i guess in 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 in, in a roundabout way <laughs> i mean you've had enough practice i mean we'll get into it in a sec but max as well how are you doing dude i'm doing good i'm psyched to be on this episode i'm i'm ready to just sit back a little bit let tom take over the reins and tell us all about his knee he actually has express per, ex, express <laughs> permission i'm sorry to talk about his <laughs> dodgy knee yeah you Thomas Praviti, you have the floor. Uh, but before we get into that, I guess, like, let's just see, like, what's going on in your worlds, guys? Like, talk to me training, talk to me fitness, diet, what's up? Um, I don't mind starting this one. I said it's Tom's episode and I'm jumping straight in. I've done a fair bit of fitness. I've done another couple of half high rocks. I'm really enjoying them at the moment. And I think this is something to get into on another episode, perhaps, but... I find the split quite interesting, seeing how the first half compares to the second half. So I kind of broke it up into the four, first four and then the second four. What's your definition of a half high rocks, Max? So my definition of a half high rocks is doing 4K of run, running, and then four exercises in between. So literally the first half of the actual high rocks event or the second half. And it's a pretty good workout. So in my case it's 40 minutes or thereabout of pretty high intensity stuff and after that i'm pretty knackered nice i bet what about you tom i mean i guess you probably haven't been training uh, but what's new well i've been doing a lot of physio well i've been starting to get back into physiotherapy now so i'm i've you know i had a recent surgery on my knee which we'll go into but um i'm now being given kind of like the all clear from my surgeon that i can start doing like proper physiotherapy to get better so yeah big up um big up for that very excited to get back into squatting and just getting full range of motion movement back in because it kind of sucks that i can't do that yet so yeah i've been doing a lot of that and a lot of upper body stuff as well home workout style you know types of press-ups back stuff like anything to just keep some strength um and just keep my muscles going Mm, nice if you can't squat how do you go to the toilet good question I have to like do like a one leg one and have one <laughs> leg sticking out. It's a little bit. It's just some prying pry. I don't know why I would say I so readily answered that question. Um, yeah, if you see, if you yeah. Well, I wanted to say something. I wanted to, because I pitched this one to you boys. I wanted to kind of yeah, considering that I have some experience in injuring myself and coming back from injury to go back into sports a couple of times now. Um, I also was really just cognizant of the fact that some of our listeners and lots of people out there might be listening to something like this and be curious as like, I've injured myself and I'm a little bit kind of unsure about going into team sports again or picking what kind of fitness activity is the right thing for me. And I thought it just made sense to touch on my experience of going through that process and how I found kind of high rocks as a as a as a good 
you know as a good option for me um given given the things that i now can't do so that's kind of why i wanted to talk about this and um yeah happy to happy to dive in unless you have any questions beforehand i mean i guess like i i personally just want to hear it one more time like can you just tell us a little bit about one the injury and two like what happened like how do you do it i'd, I'd love to share with everyone what happened <laughs> yeah okay right so i'll give a high level summary of what i've done my 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 injury history to date so started when i was about 20 i was doing a ski season i was a ski instructor for a couple of years and that was cut short by an injury um i was yeah skiing on the mountain i did a big jump landed really awkwardly on my um on my like right knee and like twisted it round so much that i it turns out that i'd like partially torn my acl so you've got four ligaments in your knee your anterior cruciate ligament, your posterior cruciate ligament, which are both like the central pieces that essentially, if you imagine like the, the, like an elastic band going in between the center of your knee that like keeps it in place and stops it from like moving about too much, the PCL and the ACL act as those stabilizers. And then you have these two side ligaments, which kind of keep, keep it kind of all in check. Anyway, I had no idea what that was when I was 20, had a bunch of scans, turns out I'd partially torn it. And, you know, older me now thinks that that was a serious, serious thing. But younger me thought, oh, I'll be fine in a month's time. So I rehabbed for a month and then went back to skiing, which is kind of just sacrilegious if I've done an ACL. Um, and then I was maybe a month back into skiing and I did, did some like I went and did another freestyle thing. And then I fully tore it then. That's when it was like, boom, like felt like a bomb went off in my knee, heard like a really loud snap and just like my knee just collapsed. And that was very painful. Um, I then had to get a kind of, um, yeah, I got like sent down the mountain in a special one of those blood wagons, had my scans again. Turns out I'd fully torn it and a bit of other stuff I, I did. Flew back home to the UK, had my surgery, ACL reconstruction, where they took my hamstring graft, put it all together again. That was when I was 20. So I rehabbed it, you know, didn't really think too much about the rehab process either back then. You know, I was probably maybe nine to 12 months. Then I was back to doing normal things, you know, back to playing football, went skiing again, you know, the following year, did X, Y, and Z. It was kind of like having a pretty functional, like back to working knee and forgot about my injury. And then in 2019, I stupidly decided to go and play touch rugby with friends and um touch rugby turns out is not safe for um acl reconstructed knees um when i tried to do a sidestep my body went one way and my knee went the other way and then boom same thing again acl tear big loud snap you know blood rushing to the knee instant pain um went to a and e had the scans went for the mri again and you know an x-ray doesn't show up those sorts of injuries because it's not a bone injury it's like a soft tissue one so you have to get the mri scan and then turns out i'd torn the acl had a second acl reconstructive surgery for those listeners who aren't necessarily british and i do know from our stats that there's a few of them the irony of tom injuring himself playing touch rugby it's fairly high because you can't actually be touched. It was very embarrassing. I literally just did like my, I did a sidestep. No one was near me. I was like trying to sidestep this, this like person that I was running against. And then it's like, just, just complete disaster. Um, yeah. Touch rugby. It's not my finest hour. I, the skiing one was more badass. but then yeah, had the second surgery, 
This time I had a cadaverous graft. So essentially what they do is they give you the graft from a dead person, put that in your knee, and then that acts as your like ACL replacement. And then had the whole rehab process. This time around, I was a bit older. I was like 25, slightly, or 24 even. Like just, yeah, a couple of years wear and tear. You're just not as physically or mentally like stable in that. In Like once you've done it once, it's kind of like doing it again. It's a bit like, oh shit. And, um, and so I did the rehab process, but this time around it was a bit different. Like it just didn't feel quite right. And I don't think it ever will feel quite right ever again. It's just kind of part and parcel of having two ACL reconstructive surgeries. Anyway, fast forward to this year, um, I had done the full rehab over 2019 to 2021. Then at the start of this year, I decided to go bouldering for the first time. So that's like rock climbing without a harness. And um, it was on my second session and I kind of like jumped down, but I landed like bumped into one of the boulders really awkwardly and then landed really badly on my bad knee again and felt like my knee kind of like dislocated in and out just slightly. And I wasn't really sure what it was, but it just felt weird. And I I left it for a month, didn't really do much, didn't should have gone to the physio, but I didn't. And then I went and did like a fitness weekend where I was like doing some running and some working out and that was in like end of February. And again, I just was on on a run even by this point and my knee just like collapsed inwards. And it was like, what the hell just happened there? And it felt like something just like, boom. Um, I think the the common denominator here is probably you trying to do something which you really shouldn't do. (laughs) I know. Skiing, touch rugby, bouldering. I've crossed them all off the list. I can't do any of those anymore. Yeah, like why, why, out of interest, why didn't you climb down the wall? Why did you feel the need to jump off of it at the top? Well, because I couldn't. I couldn't. It was, because it was a really, it was like a slightly more complicated climb. And if anyone's done the bouldering, like it's, you know, you get to in some really awkward positions and there just like wasn't a position for me to climb down. Like, so I just jumped and I shouldn't have. And, you know, live to tell the tale, fortunately. It was only a climbing wall, but. I think... This is quite an interesting question as to why on earth you would try and attempt to high rocks. Because I think a few listeners might be thinking and scratching their head saying, right, so you've ruled out skiing, touch rugby, bouldering, and now you're attempting to push and pull sleds well over 100k, put 8k of running on tired legs through your knees i mean high rocks for for all intents and purposes is pretty leg heavy i would think so why did you think that was a good idea what i what i had done on the third injury which i haven't actually said yet is it instead of tearing the acl i actually had like ruptured my meniscus so that's like the shock absorber the cartilage that sits in between your knee bones and that plays a pretty crucial role but yeah it turns out i did what's called a bucket handle tear so like a big piece of it teared off and was like loose in my knee so they had to operate on that which is what i've just had at the kind of you know relatively earlier this year and and so now i'm going through this rehab process which will take anywhere from 6 to 12 months and it's a long process and i've been through three of these now and so I know a thing or two about the rehabilitation process and um, before I dive into what your question was Max the one thing that's like I wanted to touch on is that like when you have these sorts of surgeries you kind of reality kind of sinks in um, after a while in in the sense that 
you just know that you can't do certain things anymore. Like I know if I went and played a nine, you know, a five, like a, an 11 aside football match in studs that I would almost be guaranteed to do something to myself. Like it's just kind of, your knee's just not as good as God's given, you know, knee when you're born with it. Um, once you've had these, these, you know, these, these reconstructive surgeries and it's kind of, it's amazing what they can do with keyhole surgery, which is what I had, but it's just not ever going to be the same. And so a huge part of this whole process is the rehab and you have to do the rehab, I guess, in the right way. And um, so I can't do, I really shouldn't do things like team sports, lots of like quick range of motion, like tennis or football or rugby, things like that where your foot's planted and you're twisting around. And that's, you know, probably a similar thing for anyone that's got ankle injuries or foot injuries, hip injuries. It just kind of makes it difficult. However, what I can do which is why I've kind of recently, you know, in the since since we kind of found Hyrox in 2021, what I've realized I can do is is like functional fitness type activities where I have kind of quite structured movements. So like the first thing that I do when I'm rehabbing at the moment, like the first progression I get to is like a squat. That's one of the first things that you want to try and be able to do. Then it's like a lunge, you know, getting full range of motion in your knee because once you have the surgery, whether it's a meniscus or if it's an ACL or something else, you kind of, you can't bend your knee fully. You have to like gradually over a period of months, like bend it more and more and more. So it takes like four months before you can actually fully bend your knee again and stretch it. Um, but in terms of the actual like sport of high rocks, the reasons why I have found it quite a good draw for me, given that I've had this kind of history of, 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 of injuries is one, the movements are like super basic. Like every movement that you do in a Hyrox workout is, it's not complicated. You're either lunging, you're squatting, you're pushing, you're pulling, you're rowing. Like there's no really complex movement where you're like doing a quick twist in one direction and then going another way or like the, the, the whole way that your body moves in these exercises like just isn't necessarily super injury high risk there um the second thing as well that i quite like about something like a high rocks is that although you are doing quite an intense workout you're not doing it with really heavy weights unlike you know powerlifting or some certain crossfit exercises you know the, the heaviest weight i think i carry are the are the um kettlebells and i'm walking with those so it's not like I'm doing some odd such odd position with them where I'm gonna you know do something to my to my leg again. Um, and so the, the 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 lack of weights in a way um, I find quite good. That's like resting on my body. Yes, it's heavy doing a sled push and pull, but you know you can you can you know leave it if you want to for a bit and stuff like that. And then the third thing I think I like about it is like there's a similar routine. Like you know the things that you're going to get into next, and you know how that's going to shape up. And I don't know if I could compare it to perhaps like a CrossFit Games where you never know what workouts you're going to do one day from the next. With the high rocks, like I can really prepare physically and mentally because <clears throat> I know exactly what I'm going to be doing that day. And I think the final piece that I quite like is it is kind of like what I've said before. I found a team aspect to this again. And it's good for the fact that it's kind of brings me back into that team spirit, but also I get to rely on somebody else to help with some of the heavy lifting.
So like you mentioned the, the mental aspect there and like obviously like having an injury like this must be one debilitating, well I say debilitating, must be really hard to cope with in your everyday life but how have you found the, the mental implication in not being able to exercise or and how does that sort of play into uh, the High Rocks sort of community and experience like what how have you found it? Yeah that's that's what I want to know you've, you're a really sporty person and you've gone from doing uh doubles high rocks two doubles high rocks is with me to being on the sofa yeah don't don't remind me god um the mental aspect is way more difficult than the physical i well like without question i think the first time i injured myself when i was 20 i had no idea you know it's like you don't really know until you've injured yourself like the mental like the mental piece to it um and i took that i i i didn't really have I didn't really think about that at all and actually looking back I probably was at certain points like I remember feeling like really quite depressed about the situation because I was a ski instructor that was my life and I couldn't do the one thing that I was you know that I'd been doing for the prior two years and I don't think I acknowledged how much of an impact that had on my mental health um and like psychologically as well when you injure yourself especially if you injure a, a, a pretty core part of your you know of your functioning body like a knee or a, or an ankle once you get back you know physically fit again you're still not mentally fit like you're not mentally fit in the sense that you're like 100% able to commit yourself the way that you did before like commit yourself fully to a tackle or something like that and that takes time. And I found for me, it takes probably roughly double the amount of time as it would to get the physical rehab done, to get the mental rehab done. So like this ACL surgery I had in 2019, I probably wasn't really over it until 2021 or like till even the start of this year. And then I hurt myself again. Yeah, God, mate, you can't catch a break, can you? What are the sort of like the, the coping mechanisms or the techniques that you sort of try and do to to boost yourself mentally when, when you can't rely on fitness? Is there any like any advice or any um, little tricks and tips that you have that you'd like to do? One thing that I found has been really, has been actually quite helpful is just like fully immersing myself in like the, like in trying to amass more knowledge um about the about my injury like i don't necessarily talk as though i'm an expert on it and i'm certainly not but i've become yeah like a reluctant expert in knee injuries now kind of like what lucy was saying you know getting to know her body through doing the personal training um sessions or, or, or her qualifications i found it really fascinating to really get to grips with the injury that i've had and how it all kind of affects my body and what I can and can't do there and the second bit that I found to help is really embracing the physiotherapy side like we have I have friends that have injured themselves and have really not taken the physio seriously and um, for me it's been quite you know it actually ends up I've kind of tried to make position myself as you know I'm doing this for the long run I'm doing this self so I have longevity in my body and so I'm really invested in getting, even if it's just like, you know, for five minutes a day doing my, tensing my quad, which is what I was doing at the, at the start of six weeks ago post-surgery. Yeah, I think the, um, I remember remember when we were, so that fitness event that you injured your knee in, we were actually out in uh, Portugal at the time, uh, training in the beautiful sunshine, which was great. And I remember uh, at the time when I was wheeling you through the airport, 
uh, in your wheelchair, I, I cracked uh, what I thought was a joke to try and light, like lighten the mood and say like, look, mate, this is the rest of your life. And you, you took it to heart. You were like, oh, my God, like. And I look back at that and I go like, oh, shit, I, that was really insensitive of me. Like I was trying to do a good thing and, and boost you up a little bit or trying to make lighthearted situation. But I, it's hard. Like the mental implication is so strong with these things. And like, I mean, I, I had a, a shoulder injury a year or two ago, um, which like just stopped me from doing the exercises that I liked in the gym. And like, oh, I have to train a different muscle group. I mean, I wasn't that well versed in it. And it meant ultimately I did sort of like learn how to take recovery recovery seriously but um it, i think it's hard to um to know the power that an injury like this has over you until you've gone through it um so like i mean i i feel bad sort of dragging you through this and asking you to open your soul up on how you feel dude but like i mean is the light at the end of the tunnel like what what what's the what's the future hold is it bright yeah, so context, Ben cracked that joke when he was wheeling me through. I was in a wheelchair because I couldn't walk because I'd injured myself so bad. <laughs> and he was like, oh. This I is... mean, we did get speedy priority boarding, though. Yeah. That was wicked. Well, the thing is, there are loads of perks, and I benefited massively in Iceland from this because I still had my crutches and I had the big leg cast. And they were like, oh, my goodness, sorry, you sir, come through. So me and my my friends that I was with all got to like skip through, you know. So there are perks, and I think isn't there's it's always it's definitely taught me to um, well one that one that there's always like I don't know everything in my mind at least it's getting not really philosophical but just getting a bit a bit woo woo. But um, in my mind, everything happens for a reason, and I even I look back at the times that I've hurt myself, and they've actually been kind of blessings in disguise in a way. And I think that's a really critical piece to like the mental mental part, like trying to see the benefits in stuff like this. And it's obviously hard, like because you're injured and you think, well, what's the benefit in that? But for me, at least, you know, the fact that I injured myself and had to come home early when I was 20 on my ski season meant that I could end, I ended up getting a job at this um, early this charity, uh, this like early stage startup, which was a charity um, because it was the perfect timing. And if I'd arrived two months later, that role wouldn't have been there. And so there was kind of, you know, silver linings to these things. And similarly with my second injury, like I think it was just kind of like, it was just a, it was put like press reset on where I'm at, like professionally and like in my own life choices. Like they were just, they were quite good trigger moments for me to like make a healthy step in the right direction. And I think every time that's been the case, and this time around, again, like there's something I haven't necessarily found it yet, but I think there'll be something that comes off the back of it, which kind of I will look back and think, oh, OK, so there, like there was a benefit in a way or like a roundabout way of, of to me injuring myself. Um, but but yeah, so having that, I don't know, just like trying to it's really hard to but like just trying to switch your your your, your brain around and think like, right, OK, is there yeah, is there an alternative here? Like, is there something here that's like a positive that I can take away from it. And if you look in the right in the right way, in the right, you know, mindset, then you can always find something. I, I was gonna say, from an outside perspective, I mean, me and Ben know you quite well. And it certainly seems that you're very positively tuned. I know, or me and Ben both know how integral fitness is to your life. And just referring or just kind of thinking how this would affect me and has done in the past when I've been injured. Fitness is such a medicinal thing for me. I use it to regulate myself, um, 
put my mind and body in the same kind of place. We've spoken, I think Ben touched on this in maybe it was episode one, um, where he said uh, that he feels good, he feels so much better, he wakes up the next day feeling like he's achieved something and accomplished something. And that's so true. It's just such a regulating thing. And for it to be ripped away from you for a third time in in a fairly brutal way is quite heartbreaking. But you speak openly and honest about how it's affected you negatively, as as it would. But not for one second have I seen you collapse under the weight of it, under the burden of now having to redo this fucking thing for the third time. I mean, you've had your own skin graft. You've had a dead man's... I don't know what part, but some some dead man's part of a knee put into you. And uh, now you've had to have a keyhole surgery again. I mean, w- when is it going to end? But I think your outlook is really yeah. positive. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are other little windfalls as well. It's like whenever you turn up, you, you it's harder for you to get places. It's harder for you to, to show up to events. But when you do turn up, it's... We like you, you're cherishing that moment. I mean, I, there was a very funny time when we went. Uh, I think we all went out. I can't remember when it was after after one of the High Rocks. I think it was High Rocks London, and uh, we used your crutches in the nightclub to uh, to con everyone into thinking that I, I pretended to have an injury for I think it was like a good forty minutes, and then you throw the crutches down and start busting shapes. Like well, you make the most out of it. You you know how to how to engineer the situation into actually having still a good time. So. Uh, we love you for it, dude. Yeah. No, well, I'm, I mean, like, listen, like, I've only injured my knee. Like, I've still got both legs. I can still walk. I can still do everything that a normal person, like, I guess, that, that you would that you would expect, like, someone to be able to do this. I've got a fully functioning body. Like, the injuries that I could sustain can be far worse than the ones that I've had. Um, and the ones that I've had have obviously been shit for me. And they're always just shit to anyone that gets them. But, you know, there's always um, there's always worse things that, that, that you can be dealt in life and there's, you know, better cards you can be dealt on that front. And so um, just count myself lucky to be able to, like, get back into this sort of thing. And, you know, I'll get back and maybe there'll be a couple of, couple of cracks in the in on cracks on uh, cracks on the plate or something what's that icky guy i'm like i'm like that um you can i i sometimes i think of my knee as that you know that traditional japanese um like process of if you break a piece of pottery and then you put it back together again and then you kind of gold um you like paint the cracks in gold um that's my knee (laughs) (laughs) the golden knee what the golden knee Uh, like it still works it's still functional it's perhaps you know um not perfect like like it used to be but it gets the job done so it's just a functioning knee so talk to us a a little bit about the the actual recovery process like what are the exercises you're hitting to do uh to basically get this thing back in shape and paint that gold back into all your sort of knee elbows so yeah so I mean, anyone that's had an ACL or a meniscal injury will know that it's just, it's minimum nine months, really, unless you're a professional athlete that's got like a nine to, you know, that's got a team around the clock, making sure that you're getting back to fitness for professional sport. It's going to take at least nine months. And the way that that looks is you start off day one, you've just had surgery, you've got open wounds, you've got a new ligament or a new meniscus. You just have to like let it recover. And for those first few weeks, it's just a process of 
being able to get like some, you know, like tensing your muscle is difficult as it is, like like not as it is in general in in you know, in general life, but when you've had the surgery, like you can't even tense your quad. So like try and tense your quad right now. Like keep your legs stretched out and tense your quad muscle back and forth. Like if you've had an ACL surgery or a meniscal one, you can't do that after the op, and it's really weird. Like, and your muscle atrophies really quickly. And I, that's the, the, the thing that you want to get back to as soon as you can is building muscle back up again because you'll lose muscle mass really quickly. If anyone is listening to this in the car, please do not lift your leg and try and tense your quad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good Don't call do it, that. Don't do that. Um, but yeah, so that's the first, the first like three to four weeks of those sorts of injuries is just literally getting like being able to use your muscles again, being able to activate them. Um, also, like I'm, we're, we're not professionals here. We're not giving you like, don't take our advice verbatim. This is just my personal experience. Um, just want to yeah, probably, probably put disclaimers ever on this. Yeah, disclaimer on this. But no, so that's what I've done. That's what I would do. And then what I'm, where I'm now with, with this recent injury, I've had my surgery. I'm now about six weeks post-surgery. I can now walk again, albeit not amazingly. So I like walk quite slowly. So getting walking back to normal is like the, is one of the priorities. You just like got a normal functioning leg. Then it's getting range of movement back in. So you go from like can't bend any of it at all to 90 degrees bend to fully, fully, fully flexing. Um, and what are you doing? Are you just sitting on the bed and just trying to trying to work this thing out or? Yeah, like four times a day, five times a day, every day I'm sat there, like I'll lie on the floor and then I'll like bring, raise my leg up and try and bend my leg and bring it into my body. And then I'll go to my limit and then go back down, go to my limit, back down, just constantly moving it. I'll be using elastic bands to kind of like, um, I've got an elastic band here, hold, I'm holding up, where I'll like wrap that to a table and then I'll like put it behind my knee and then I'll straighten my knee out. So I've got pressure in my knee to try and- um, To fight like, against bring it, it. Yeah, to try and like get some muscle tension back in. I'll then, once I get, once I can do a bit of that, we'll start building in like rotational like movements. So going to see my physio, who I see like once every couple of weeks, to then start like, you know, like throwing a ball and doing that motion. And like eventually, once I can get to a certain um, flexion in my leg, start squatting. Because the whole point is you want to kind of build the full range of motion back, and then you want to be able to build the muscle back. And once you can do that, you then do these interesting tests where you kind of essentially test one side of your body so you're like, how far can I jump on a single leg? And then I'll jump on my left leg, my good leg, and then see how far I can get. And then I'll do the same thing on my right leg. And if there's a disparity there, then we know that I'm not fully recovered. So then we'll kind of do exercises like that to see if I'm like back to equilibrium. Because if you're not at equilibrium, then there's a higher chance of re-injuring yourself. Wow. And I remember you saying, you mentioned to me the other day that you, you have a tape measure and yeah, you're yeah. measuring the diameter of your legs and other body parts um <laughs> like have, have you found uh have you found like the um the sort of the muscle loss like is it yeah. noticeable or yeah it's it's creepily noticeable like it's so crazy how quickly your muscle atrophies like atrophies how muscle atrophy like works two weeks of no movement like post-op you you can see a really visible difference it just varies from person to person but i think i've lost like four centimeters in diameter 
Wow. Which is pretty big. Where's that around? Calf or thigh? No, no, no. That's around. That's around my quad. Okay. I mean, especially considering that you didn't have much quad muscle to to work with anyway. <laughs> Way to kick him while he's down. I haven't got huge quads anyway. I'm pretty lean. I haven't got massive quads, but that's partly because I've been injured so much. <laughs> um, like, but like that's like you know a significant like loss, and so building that back up will take months anyway. But there's no avoiding it. Like you can't not lose muscle post op because you just in you can't you know otherwise you'll just do something else again. So re-entry to high rocks, Tom. Like what what does it take from you being like you're going to sign yourself off or someone's going to sign you off and say you know what Tom you are fit and healthy ready to go like how are you going to start to get back into it like what's your plan do you have a game plan or are you like going to be trying to work in the movements into your training I'm going to start working the movements into my training um, again like funnily enough a lot of those movements are ones that you would do anyway in your rehabilitation process so lunges squats that sort of stuff is like very core, they're very core like compound movements that you would do for any rehab of a lower body. So I will start working that in. I'm also gonna start like, as I can do it, like the ski erg, start getting rowing in the more upper body pieces. And um, over time, I'll start building up to a bit of a PFT, but that probably won't be, you know, at least six to eight months post-op um, before I can really get into that. But I want to, like your muscle memories like something that you want to work on with this sort of thing. Like if I train my body to be able to like rehab it to it so it can do certain movements um, and, and handle that. Like if I wanted to rehab to go back to football, I would rehab and do like very particular like leg, like exercises, like twisting motions, fast feet sort of stuff. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to do that because I just think it's going to be a silly thing for me to go into football. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely setting my sights on going into it, like probably entering a doubles as the first high rocks event I get back into. And then with the long-term view of going back into a singles again, because it's 8K of running, functional movements, like none of those things are, are, are activities that I would write off and say, I can't do that anymore. Um, off the back of an injury like this and you know I'll speak to my physio and see what they think but at the moment they seem pretty positive you know you know what you should do when the time comes for you to get ready into uh, to, to enter a race you said you wanted to do a doubles right I think it'd be awesome if someone from the community came and volunteered or not volunteered but you found someone to to race with you maybe someone that also is recovering from an injury that would be a really nice little we could do a little little relay. We could we could do enter a relay and have four 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 injured people competing. <laughs> yeah, any, if anyone's injured themselves and wants to reach out and like discuss rehab, like would love to chat. Like I've got lots to learn still about my process, my journey, um, and yeah, always love to talk to, to to share stories of injuries and rehab journeys. Where can they reach you, Tom? Reach out to us directly on the pod on the podcast Instagram um, on the Rockzone Instagram. What's the handle again? It's uh, it's Rockzone Rockzone Pod at the at Rockzone Pod. Rockzone Pod. Um, yeah, drop us a message there. I'm slightly disappointed you didn't plug the email domain I specifically <laughs> bought for us. You can also reach Tom <laughs> on Tom at the dot com. Yes, because I have definitely been checking my inbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have, I have a question for you now. 
and perhaps a little bit of a, a teaser for what's to come. So the three of us have planned a bit of a fitness weekend in celebration of the Queen's Jubilee, which uh, is a huge deal in the UK. Would you believe we have a four-day weekend? I mean, that is just the biggest win. People are checking the weather forecast. It looks like, by com- God bless the Queen, by complete chance, the sun is going to be out. So me, Ben and Tom are looking to uh, get together. We're looking to record our first in-person podcast, would you believe? So no awkward mic issues, no weird snippets of awkward laughing here or there looking at ben in particular <laughs> <laughs> yeah mate i'm guilty of that all the time i'd like I'd, i like a giggle mate i just like i like a bit of fun <laughs> and and we love you for it um but i would like to know tom is there anything you think you're particularly interested in doing if there are any exercise any kind of big workouts you've got planned talk to us well i have been really getting into um press ups <laughs> naturally uh no i've been really getting into different sorts of press ups ben actually made me these nice press up handles like the like the calisthenic style one so i've been doing a bunch of different types of press ups there um I also, interestingly, my physio gave me this this um, this tip bit, but um, like, so I've been doing single leg stuff on my good leg. So I've been doing like single leg squats and things like that. Um, apparently, I'm not quite sure how that how it works, but um, apparently, you kind of if you work out one side of your body, one muscle group, you tend to see 10% of the benefits in the other on the other side. So apparently me doing single leg exercises is going to be good for both my legs um so i'm so i'm doing that sort of thing so i'll be doing some single leg kind of type things there um and just trying to mix it into maybe my first sort of hybridy type i I don't know if we're going to find a ski erg anywhere but i might give that a go because that'll be my first real bit of cardio for six weeks seven weeks um my cardio fitness levels have just like dropped dramatically so um, yeah, a thousand meter skier is going to be, I feel like a bloody marathon for me. But I'm excited at the prospect of doing that because I now can do that. If we find a skier, we'll be sure to film you and put that on Instagram. I think everyone would like to see that. Yeah, I mean, we can put, we can, we can put that content there all day. And I think in general, like we've had a fantastic like, like response from the community. So thank you everyone who's actually reached out individually. I know Max, you had some cracking interactions with people. Do you want to shout them out at all? Yeah, so we've had people reach out to us from from all over, actually. So we've had people from the States, we've had people from Germany, we've had people from the UK. Um, I think one guy in particular deserves a shout out, Nathan Ritchie. And I think, Ben, you were in comms with him because he's he's been super nice and listed out a whole bunch of shoes for you to try. Yeah, mate, I've literally had to... I'm, I, I keep on meaning to buy them. I'm trying to find uh, a size 13... Uh, what is it? Nitro? No, Deviant Nitro Elites. Uh, but I can't find them any. That's the shoe he races in, and he says he's sto- he's stoked about it. So I'm like, you know, what? I'd like to try this one out. Um, but he also recommended the shoe that uh, Hunter was racing in as well. And it's just funny that the the title sponsor for Hyrox is also providing the best shoes for Hyrox. Uh, so I'm hopefully going to get a pair soon. Um, on his recommendation and a load of other people who reached out. 
loads of people been writing articles about it so obviously it's a, a big issue uh, but yeah shoegate continues and uh, fingers crossed I'll actually have them for our little event in Oxford this weekend and be able to report back or at least actually talk about them live on the show um, well not live you know pre-recorded but in person after I just tested them uh, but yeah thanks Nathan other other than that we've we've had Sasha reach out and he was the very first person super early in the morning say that he's he's listened to the episode straight away and he screenshotted us awesome love to see that um we've had another guy called or goes by the page of hybrid game plan who actually made a story for our Lucy post um which we have very thankfully used uh, to tell people that we've we've got something out so that so that's awesome and there, there's there's loads of other people I'm, I'm sorry if if um i've not mentioned your name there um we love hearing from from you guys i think me and ben were talking about this over over dinner the other day it is so infectious the energy that we get from having people reach out to us and say hey We've listened to your stuff in whatever capacity that is. So telling Ben to wear certain shoes or someone making a little story, whatever it is. I think it's so rewarding for us and I, I really hope that comes across. We, we've we loved this so far. We're at the very beginning of this journey and honestly, it's been fucking awesome so far. Yeah, thank you for everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank the world. That's awesome. <laughs> Sound is so sloppy at the end. We love you. Yeah, we are fangirling hard. Um, and in the future, if anyone does have any like things that they are interested in, like we're happy to steer the conversation. So, yeah, I think that's enough of us sort of uh, blowing smoke up you guys' ass. But, uh, yeah, thank you from, uh, from all of us. Um, but I guess, so the final thing to really say then is to round off what a what I thought was a really nice and emotional and informative episode. So, Tom, mate, thank you so much for, for opening opening your heart and your mind and your Japanese terracotta knee uh, to us. Um, so thanks so much, dude, man. Yeah, well, I have really enjoyed this. I It's cathartic, in a way, to talk about this stuff. Although it's only a knee. <laughs> it's, it's still a knee to me. It's my knee. And... Um, yeah, just really appreciate um, you guys for asking questions and yeah, digging into it a little bit. It's always kind of, yeah, it's a little bit, can sometimes be a little bit, be a little bit emotional. Um, but at the same time, it's always good and useful to talk through this sort of stuff. And I find it really helpful to do that. So um, yeah, talk about your injuries. Talk about lots of other things other than injuries. But um, yeah, real pleasure. Super happy to hear people are applying to our role. Well, commenting and engaging with our posts um it means the world and um looking forward to updating you all next week on the next episode of the rack Zone. peace and love rack zone out rack and round zone rack zone out love you